0: All the time, you know. That's a song in those scriptures, right there. Jesus is talking to the believers. He's talking to the ones that's wanting to live a, a, a discipleship life in Him, and he's, He knows the burden's going to get heavy on us sometime. He knows it's, it's going to get, uh, you know, it, it's going to be rough sometime. And He said, "Come and unto Me, and bring it all, and lay it at My feet. Put your trust in Me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light." I've heard Jesus say that, but I've heard a lot of preachers say it the other way. He say, oh, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. You it. and, and if we ain't careful, we'll listen to the devil, and we'll want to throw our hands up and quit. You know? The devil can get on your shoulder and talk you into wanting to quit. He'll talk you into wanting to throw your hands up and quit if you listen to him. But Jesus is saying, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. His kingdom is supposed to be that way, and as we grab a hold to His rest, He says, "Come unto Me, and I will give you rest." As we grab a hold to everything He's provided in His rest, what is His rest? I ain't trying to take your time, bro. I'm just gonna move on. But what is His rest? His rest is when He got on that cross. All that He did on the cross was work. That was His work. When he finished his work, it was all completed. Before he gave up the ghost, right when he finished, what he did, he accomplished everything that him and the Father and the Holy Spirit had figured way back before they created the world what they were going to do. And he had to accomplish these things. And when he accomplished them, what another thing that he did on this, every scripture in the Old Testament that was prophesied about him, he fulfilled them all. And that was... He was hanging on that cross, and he done finished everything. He done become our sin and nailed our sin to the tree. But he had to. that was one other scripture he had to fulfill. There's a prophecy that tells about him drinking vinegar when he was on the cross, and he was sitting up there, and he knew he was through. And he said, "I thirst." And the soldier put a sponge over in the vinegar and put it up to his lips, and he turned away from it, but. He said, it is finished, and he died. He finished. And what it means is everything that we ever have need of is in his rest already accomplished. Already accomplished. So that's why his yoke is easy, because he done done the work. We just got to believe and go into his rest. He says, purchase from me these things, righteousness, peace, holiness, all this stuff, joy. It's all in his rest, and it's free. You don't earn it, you don't buy it. When he said purchase for me in Revelation, what he's talking about is you obtain this through faith. You believe that I've accomplished it. You believe that I did the work and it's completed. And you, by faith, you speak it into your life. Matter of fact, it's already in your spirit and you're speaking it from your spirit to your soul. This is how your soul prospers. But he said, and as we fill our soul up more and more him, the work is easy. The work is easy. All we got to do is declare the word. Uh, Speak speak what he tells us to speak. Listen to the Holy Spirit. He said let those that have ear to hear. I heard a thing today. I thought was very powerful. This woman was preaching on the Holy Spirit. And she said believe in him with all your heart. And he said and, and she said let those that have ear to hear hear what the Spirit says. And she said in the midst of heart there is an ear. And that's what you listen to the spirit with and you take the word heart It's h e a r t knock the h off and the t off and there's your ear e a r (laughs) right there so the ear is in the midst of the heart those that have ear to hear that's listening to the holy spirit listening to the father and to jesus we we hear what he tells us and we do what he tells us to do when we're not hearing what he tells us to do we're trying to do it and that's when it's hard that's when it's hard. That's when the burden gets heavy. We're not listening to Him specifically on every day. We need to be listening to what He tells us to do and obey. All right. Uh, if you got any offering, let, let, I'm going to say a little prayer for the offering and then, then you can take your offering to the place. There's not one over here, but uh, you got some. I put mine up there. Okay. Put them in the trays and and uh, Brenda, did uh, I? Oh, you'll get the trays and put them back there. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this offering that's given tonight, and we ask your blessings upon it. Lord, that your work will continue, will grow, and prosper in this location. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord.
1: We know. Because
0: We thank you for our brother here and the calling you laid upon him. And Lord, as he comes to deliver your word, I pray for you to direct his words that come out of his heart, Lord. And let him speak straight from glory to us today and feed our souls with our daily bread here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: chapel service. There was an uh, older African-American man there that uh, the church he grew up in, they always did responsible readings where, you know, the preacher would say something and they'd say something back. And so he always like doing those when we were there. And um, so I thought we would start out with one of those today. If you want to follow me, get out just in your Bible, Psalm 136, but it's real easy. If you don't want uh, to uh, look it up, all you got to remember is this. Um, me For his mercy endures forever. That's all you have to remember. All right, so we're going to do the first few verses. I'll say the first part, and then you, uh, after I say the first part, You guys say, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord,
0: for his mercy endures forever.
1: Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy endures forever.
0: Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endures forever. To him who alone doeth great wonders, for his mercy endures forever. To him that by wisdom made the heavens. For his mercy endures forever. To
1: him that stretched out the earth above the waters. For his mercy endures forever. To him that made great lights. For his mercy endures
0: forever. The
1: sun to rule by day.
0: For his mercy endures forever. And the moon
1: and stars to rule by night. For his mercy
0: endures forever.
1: Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to come to your house and study your Word. And we want to thank you for your great mercy that endures forever. No matter what happens, we can always come to the full of the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ and ask for forgiveness. And you are ready to forgive us over and over because your mercy endures forever. Amen. Full of great mercy. And the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts, be accept in Your sight of Lord, our strength and our being. Amen. Amen. Alright, and our main passage today is going to come from Mark 7. If you want to go ahead and turn there. But I was going to uh, get started a little bit back before that. And so you go ahead and turn to Mark 7. And I wanted to um, go all the way back to the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament. And this was hundreds of years before Jesus. He gave back that God gave a prophecy to Isaiah for the day of the Lord, for the coming kingdom and what the kingdom would be like. And he was told to go and tell the children of Israel what that kingdom would be like. And he said the day was coming when things will be turned upside down. And that the vacant fields, they're going to turn into great forests. And so just, you know, sometimes we see these vacant lots and there's just grass and weeds, a couple of little twigs, right? And he says, one day there'll be great forests full of every type of fruit tree that you can imagine feeding God's people year-round, always in season. And then in verse eighteen, uh, Isaiah twenty-nine, verse eighteen, he says, "In that day shall the deaf hear the words of the book, and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. The meek shall increase their joy in the Lord." Amen. And this was the prophecy of the coming kingdom, and there's a few marks for the coming kingdom. And um, Isaiah said that part of the thing that we know that the kingdom has come is when the deaf people would be able to hear the words that God had for his people. And also that the blind would see the signs and the miracles that God had performed. And I've already, um, I guess in the past year, I've gone back to the book of Mark several times here on Wednesday night saying, we talked about how uh, the man that was born blind and, and he said, and then after God healed him and everybody came to him and tried to get him to recant and everyone tried to say that it wasn't a miracle or that it was a, as my grandpa likes to call, a put on, you know, it, it was all a scam that, that he wasn't really born blind. Finally, the man said, I may have been born blind, but you Pharisees are the ones that can't see. You can't see that, that the Messiah that you keep talking about is here, in your presence. And there, there's all these, um, Jesus, when he was going through the land at this time, first he came to the children of Israel, the lost sheep of Israel. And he came to them first. And they rejected him, and then he went back to the the That was the Greek territory, and he started performing miracles there. And the when woman came to him and said that that we may be dogs, we may be looked down like dogs, but even dogs get to eat the scraps from the table. And so, God. Unleashed his grace on those people. Then Jesus was uh, told her to go home; her daughter would be healed. And while he was there in that region, he performed a miracle like he did for the Jewish people, where he and the uh, Jewish lands he uh, fed like a multitude of men and women with just a few fish and loaves of bread. And he did it for the in the Gentile regions also when he was there to show that God's bounty is open to all. First he came to the Jews and then he grafted us into that promise. He added us into that promise that people like us that weren't originally born in the tribes of Israel, we would have a spot in that promise as well. And he did this by saying that there's plenty of room at God's table here taking it and he would teach people and say, take and eat. This is my body. This is my blood. This is the reminder for my forgiveness. And several times throughout his ministry, he told people that they would have to, if they wanted to see the kingdom, they'd have to take his body. They'd have to drink his blood, take or eat of his body. And this was a hard saying for some people. Like, what does he mean this literally? Does he mean what how does he mean this? And so it was hard for them to understand. But as he was traveling through this land, he came back to Tyrone's side. Uh, and, si- and that's where we're going to pick up our main chapter today. And our main chapter is Mark 7, starting with verse 31. And, let me see. And, and again, departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came to the sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of the copolis, and they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they beseeched him to put his hand upon him, and he took him, Aside from the multitude, and put his fingers into his ears, and he spit, and he touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and saith unto him, Ephaphtha. And straightway the ears were opened, and the strings of his tongue were loosed, and he spoke plain. And he charged them that they should tell no man, but the more he charged them, So much more, a great deal, they published it. And were beyond measure, astonished, saying, He hath done all things well. He maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. So when he said this, that when they said that he had done all things well, made the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak, people that heard this knew what they were talking. They knew that they were referencing the prophet Isaiah. Not everybody had like the handy phones that had their Bible verses in it, like I was reading from earlier, or even or even these scriptures. They would have to go to their local synagogues and memorize them. We believe that's what uh, Mary did when she sang her song about you know, how she magnifies the Lord. She used bits and pieces of scripture through different through different um, history books, through different prophecies. She took bits and pieces and made her song out of them. And so some scholars believe that she went there and she studied and memorized her favorite parts. And that's how these people, like a lot of people, they went, they couldn't afford the parchments, they couldn't afford the scrolls, but they would go to the synagogue and they would listen every day to the reading for the day. And they would hide it in their hearts. And they were memorizing. And so when they noticed that Jesus, he had healed the deaf and the blind, they said, wait, this is the coming of the kingdom. This is the coming of the kingdom. This is uh, some of the signs that we're looking for that is gonna, that um, the Messiah is going to perform when he gets here. And so they knew what was going on. They knew that this wasn't just a philosopher, this wasn't just a teacher or an angel or or a faith healer in coming town. This was the promised Messiah in come town. And what town were they in? it said that they were in Tyre and Sidon. And we talked about this uh I guess a couple months ago. We read the story together on a Wednesday night about Jezebel and Ahab and and how that she they tried to stamp out all the prophets, and Elijah went there in their stronghold. This is that stronghold. See Tyre and Simon, that is Jezebel's home turf. That's her home territory. And so when he went to this area, he was going to the like the home field advantage for the demons. The demons were there. And they knew that this was their turf. They had held on to it for generations because of wicked Jezebel and how she had spilled the blood of God's priests of his prophets. And today, we've got neighborhoods. We've got families and households that have become strongholds like that. For those strongholds, they, they want to... Demons think they have free reign and set up shop just because of something your grandparents did or because of something that you did before you were saved or because of something that happened there a long time ago. They think that they have free reign there and they will try to tell you, well, you're under a generational curse. But God told Jeremiah to tell people that I'm going to deal with people one-on-one from now on, right? He says that those He came to break all those curses. He came to break all those strongholds. And this is Jesus showing that that not only was He coming to perform the miracles that showed that His kingdom was at hand He was going to do it right in the face of the devil in His home territory. And that's what He did there. He went there and and when people, when Jesus got there, they all came up to him and started asking him to come heal the man that was dead. I want you to remember that they're in the Dacopolis, and this is where um, the garrison demoniac, uh, garrison, uh, it's part of this area. The man that was plagued by demons, that was cutting himself. And falling around into the fire, possessed by demons, it was screaming out like a wild man. He had broken chains on him because he couldn't be chained up, and he wasn't in his right mind because of demonic possession. He was living in the he was living in the um, graveyards. They're sleeping in the tombs there, and Jesus cast out that demon called Egypt. And they went into the the flock of hogs right? They went into the swine they ran and jumped and killed themselves off the cliff into the Sea of Galilee and this is where that happened so after Jesus left when he came back here and this was supposed to be a time of his like a time out a time for him to rest this was going to be a time for him to, to, uh, to Pause and see what the Jewish people did before he went to his next step of his ministry. But the Gentile people, people people from our church and our background, the Gentile people, they came after him. They came saying, You have the words of life. We know, we have heard and seen what you can do. And they came to him asking for help. And Jesus is so good that he knew that he, he, he was the only one that could help them, man. And he didn't turn them away. He he, uh, he healed the salvation woman's daughter. He, he healed the man that was born by the here. He healed the deaf man in this satanic stronghold, in this enemy territory. And what do you say when he when he um, put the fingers in the ears, he said, a fast which was a word that means be open. Open up. And this was a way that he changed this man's life. He was like, he's like, I'm here, now you open up. And now I like to think about, like, uh, who exactly was he talking to when he said open up? Was he, was he talking to the man's ears and saying, open up ears, come on, time to hear or is he, you know, often we hear see little uh, glimpses of Jesus' prayers, because he was constantly in prayer to the Heavenly Father, even though he was God in the flesh, walking around. He still relied on the Holy Spirit and was still constantly in prayer with the Heavenly Father, right? Because yeah. he still, he still, even though he was God in the flesh himself, and he was part of the Trinity. He was the he was God the Son. He was He was the Redeemer. He still knew that. He had to live a life of prayer to God the Father. He had to live a life that where he submitted to the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's how he said he did these words. Now he could have just said the word, like you can hear, he just made a motion and done that. But he wanted them to know the crowd to know for sure that. This was him that was doing this. And so when he said, Hephafta, open up. You know, like, be open. Was he saying ears open up? Was he saying, God, open up the blessings from heaven. And let them fall down on these Gentile people say, Or was he saying like, you know, like, open up hearts because the Messiah is here. Or was he saying like, open up. Open up. This stronghold. These demons are going to have to flee because this is my territory now. This is the kingdom coming. So, which was it? What did he mean when he said "open up"? I don't know. I think, I think maybe it could have. We could argue the semantics, but it could be a little bit of all of it, right? It could have been like saying. It could just been that message to open up, and it could have been just there to echo through the ages to us, so we can remember. That when Jesus comes and he knocks at the door of our hearts, and he's there knocking and saying, Open up, then we need to open up our hearts and our minds to him. We need to submit our lives to him. We need to confess him that he is the Savior. And we need to repent and turn to him. And that could have been what he meant by he says, Open up, open up to me. And so he came, and he healed sickness, and he came, and he just not only came to heal sickness and put it back together in broken bodies. But he also came and put back together broken families. He came to heal broken families. He came to heal broken spirits. There's many people today that, that after the loss of loved one, they... They feel broken, they feel out of place, and he's there for you also. He says, Whatever your cares are, you can cast them on me. I'm here for you. Amen. Just open up. I'm here for you. And like whatever sickness you have, that by his stripes were healed. By by he, Job says this. Job said that I know that my redeemer lives and I'm going to be healed one day. He said that even if Excuse the imagery, but this is what Joseph used. He said, "Even if the worms eat up my eyes, I know that on that last day of judgment, I'm going to see my Savior face to face. I'm going to see Him again. He's going to bring sight back here. And so, we, some of us may have to wait for that judgment day, that last day, to get our healing. Some of us can get it right now. And..." Like Paul Paul uh, struggle with this sometimes also. But but that's one of the things that Jesus said. He came to bring this healing. He came to bridge that gap between the families. And also there's broken neighborhoods. We see that on the news today where neighbors are at each other. he came to put those back together. Here in this region. We're talking about in uh, Tyre and Sidon, They, um, Jewish people and the Syrophoenicians were from Greek origin, and the Samaritans. They all, they all could have lived in the same walking distance neighborhoods, but there was so much like struggle and so much um, ill will, and uh, sometimes even violence between them. it's just like people talk about today with certain neighborhoods and they talk about the different like uh, cultural backgrounds and how they clash today but this has always been around and the only thing that healed it then was Jesus and the only thing that can heal it now is Jesus and that's one of the things he can heal he doesn't just open up those uh, those blind eyes and deaf ears he opens up to the eyes that don't wanna see the humanity in your neighbor. He opens up the ears that don't wanna hear what other people have to say. Because sometimes, you know, if you don't like someone and you see them on TV and they're saying something, you just wanna turn it off and not even hear what they have to say. If somebody in your neighborhood gets on your nerves so bad, you just like can't even stand hearing their voice. But when he opens up those ears, Sometimes he opens them up to hear what your neighbors have to say. Because even though what they're saying is getting on your nerves, what they're really saying could be asking for help. Because they could be trying to start an argument, you think they're trying to start trouble, but really, deep down, they're lonely and they're asking for help. And so he opens up ears, so he can hear those calls for help. He opens up your eyes so you can see the people that are struggling around you. And um, he says he's going to stand at the door and knock and say be open. And We need to open up to him. And he says, come and sit with me like Moses did. You see, uh, Moses he sat with the Lord and his face was changed that the glory of the Lord was shown on his face and he covered it up with a veil and the old covenant the old covenant had the, uh, he had to cover it with the veil people weren't ready to see the glory of the Lord that Jesus brought they weren't ready for it but when he died that veil that was in the Holy of Holies was written in two and so we now can see Jesus face to face. We can see him at the cross. We meet him in prayer. Amen. He He lives in our hearts. And Jesus says, we he, he want us to shine through. Second Corinthians 3, Paul talks about this. He says that in the old times, Moses, uh, he wore that veil to cover up God's glory because people aren't ready for it. They weren't ready for it in the Old Covenant, because the Old Covenant was law, right? But the New Covenant, the New Deal is love. Jesus said that the the New Deal is love God all your heart, all your mind, all your spirit, and then love your neighbor as yourself. That's what, on all that comes all those laws, and all the Old Prophets. And so the Old The Old Covenant was a book of laws that would prosecute people and send them to jail. And the New Covenant is the deal of love that welcomes people in. And he says that we don't need to hide that from our neighbor. We don't need to hide that behind a veil. And so we don't need to put the veil over things. Like just this man's ears were hidden. They were covered by... Like his dead ears were covered by veils so he couldn't hear the words that Jesus spoke. The blind man's eyes were covered by veils so he couldn't see Jesus performing his miracles. Now his veils have been taken down. And we know through his scripture and through the testimony of the believers around us that miracles happened, that Jesus came and he came to save. He came to save the lost first. He came to save the lost Chief of the tribe of Israel, and then after they rejected him, he came for us. He welcomed us in his family. He gave us the spirit of adoption and added us into their family tree. And so, since there's no veil hiding anymore, he says, I want you to hear the words of promise that can't be hidden behind a veil anymore. And I always like to share the words of promise with uh, my friends at the retirement home because some of them would be sick on their deathbed. Some of them had, some of them had Alzheimer's and they couldn't remember their grandchildren's names. But when we got together and we started reading these words of promise together, they remembered them. From heart, they remember them from heart from the King James Bible that they learned when they were um, five years old in Sunday school. Sunday school teachers and and vacation Bible school teachers taught them this, and it stayed and in, hidden in their heart, unveiled. Stay hidden in their heart for their whole life, even after the ravages of these diseases had like attacked their minds. Even after like decades of age and sitting and uh, just, some of them seemed not, like they were just sitting and waiting. Their family didn't visit anymore. Most of them, their friends were gone, but when we started speaking these words, they knew them because they knew that they found a friend that stays closer than a brother. That they found a new family, a family that was bought in Jesus' blood he says, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And this is a faithful saying worthy of all men to be accepted. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And that's from 1 Timothy 1. And my little children these things are right unto you that you sin not and if any man sin we have an advocate with the father jesus christ the righteous and he is the propitiation for our sin and not for ours alone only but also for the sins of the whole world and propitiation is just a fancy word in the name like he's the forgiveness or he's the payment for all of our sins and so, lots of people memorize these verses when they're younger, and, and even their, in their last days, they still remember them. They still held them in their heart, and they still held on to these promises. And the man, who whose ears were opened up, the man whose um, sight was returned, they saw Jesus. They heard Him make these prom- some of these promises. And they held him close in their heart. They knew that through him that they would be saved. And one of the questions that, when I've talked about this before, that I get asked a lot, is that, like, you know, like, what was going on with Jesus when he, when he got the spit and touched it to the man's tongue, right? That seems like an odd part of the story of it. And one of the things I was thinking of that, that they probably didn't understand, but we can understand now is that we always think about Jesus' healing comes from his shed blood, right? That, that his work of forgiveness comes from his shed blood. And at the time, they had no way of knowing this, but his DNA would have been in that same spittle. That same spit would have been like if you examined it scientifically, it would have been very similar to his blood. It would have shown up the same DNA test. That that so it was, he still healed and covered people with his blood even then. And he was setting that up as a, this is my body, this is my blood. You know these will be your sacrifices. These will heal you. These will. Keep you. These will forgive you, and He's showing it there. And I know that's kind of an odd thing to think about. And you know, I know the Bible doesn't say that, but that's one of the things I was thinking of when people kept asking about, "Well, what's up with that?" Because over the years of the commentaries, you'll see like that that people have like lots of different reasons why they thought it happened, and some people would argue back and forth about why they think it happened, and and I'm and just. I thought like to throw that into the ring is one of the possible ideas. And, but that's one of the things that, that um, we can see there, is that through his blood, even when he was here, even before the cross, it still depended on his blood, on his sacrifice. His sacrifice is coming. And everyone told him, they said that all things he's done, he's done well. He's created everything, and it was good. He, uh, he did the work on the cross, and it was good. He calls out to us. He calls us to be his people. He calls us to come and pray for each other, to pray for our neighbors, to pray for the people around us. And he calls us to carry on his mission to go to and tell the people that haven't heard they can't see there's people around us they're not deaf and they're not they're not blind but they just they haven't heard and they haven't seen the true Jesus they see this this fake Jesus that that they set up that they can easily knock down they see like a rule maker they don't see the person that came on a rescue mission to save them. They'll see like uh, someone that is a standard that, that they can't even think somebody would uh, actually meet that standard. But not only did he meet the, uh, every standard, he was tempted in everywhere we were, but he rebuffed both temptations. And then once he made it to safety, he threw us a lifeline, right? He didn't just do the work and then say, see, there you go, now it's your turn to do it. He said, I did it for you. You can rely on me. And I did it for you. And so I, I talked to pretty much everyone here. I know that almost everyone here, where everyone here claims uh to be part of the family of Christ. I've grown up here, I know that that um, that Everyone says, testifies that they are Christians here, but I want to say that um, there's lots of people in our families that aren't saved. And last night, I, uh, my uh, nephew, I've I, talked about this since there's another court going on, <laughs> uh, but my uh, nephew's come to live with me. He's at football practice today, so and he's, um, last night, Like his dad was supposed to come to see him this week and he didn't come uh, again. And uh, he was kind of upset. So we were praying last night and we prayed that Shane would, um, he would, that we still love him and we still want what's best for him. And we still believe that Jesus isn't finished working on him. And I know each one of us has somebody in our family like that. That we know that God's not finished with him yet jesus isn't finished with them yet and so as we get ready to close i'm going to ask you to come up and pray with us and let's pray for our family members the ones that need their ears open and their eyes open to
0: jesus amen praise the lord praise the lord let's remember our family members loved ones i was sitting back thinking on this this past week on my my dog mother's side they all were up around Woodruff so we grew up seeing some of them but and then a lot of them we only seen at Christmas time but all the ones we were seeing growing up they all got kids and grandkids now and uh, most of them we don't even know you know but they still blood kin to us and the Holy Ghost knows them the Holy Spirit knows them and we can speak and ask the Holy Spirit to go to them because you know what? Nobody can come to Jesus except Spirit draw them. So we need to ask and, and say, Holy Spirit, go out and bring this one in. Bring this one in. Matter of fact, He knows what's in their heart, He knows how to minister to that heart, and He knows how to draw them. And uh, that's what happened to me. I was drawn in. I didn't realize. I look back now with understanding, and I know that He drawed me. And he was drawing me and working on me in spite of everything the enemy was trying to do. And that's what he'll do. He can go in there and walk right by the demonic forces and he can do what he wants to do. And it has impact. Even though the demons are all around and trying to hinder, you know, he knows how to do it.
1: And they will come.
0: They will come. We got to pray and we believe when we pray. And any other special requests anybody want to raise hands or mention about? Okay. father. Okay. He's
1: sick.
0: He's
1: in the hospital. Okay. My, my grandma, she got her, like, the infusion treatment again tomorrow.
0: She's what now? She has to do that
1: infusion in Greenville. Oh, okay. Tomorrow. Yeah. Well, he are going right Yeah, She can just get somewhere you to do <clears throat> yeah. Remember,
0: too, she went and got a public shot yesterday, and she she sick enough thing. She didn't feel good at all. We'll continue praying for a pastor. Yes. And I think, I don't know, somebody said something about Cindy. Is she still sick? Yeah. She's yeah and, and Roy, is Roy Hubbard.
1: She's at home now.
0: Yeah. And I remember the trails mm-hmm. and all of them. Anybody else? Pray for us. We're going to be going to West Virginia this weekend to see clips about his sister and to a reunion. For Y'all just got back from a funeral there, did you? North Carolina. Yeah, North Carolina. North Carolina. Okay. okay. So, y'all going to West Virginia now? Yeah, she's okay with COVID and stuff. She's coming off of it, but. I want to go up there with y'all sometime and get a bear. <laughs> <laughs> go up there where Cliff used to go up in the cabin and go hunt. Cliff might take you anytime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, there's a lot to pray for. I just want to thank everybody to pray for me when I was sick and everything. The Lord brought me through. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Hey, that's some, the, okay. that's some of the stuff that he paid for on the cross. Jacob, he don't feel good little Jacob uh-huh. came to the doctor today and he's got uh, a bad cold and he's got uh, he's having to use a little uh, machine, breathing machine right now. Yeah. And so just pray for him too. Okay. Yeah, and all our friend, family, Christian family, let's remember them, uh, wherever they may be. Lord knows. He knows what they're facing. He knows what each of us are facing. There's no way we can remember and call all these names out, but let's let's pray, and just pray as it comes out of your heart, and talk to God. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for your word, Father. It's your word, it's the power, and the Word is the that in our heart that we sow with it by speaking these things. And Lord, we want to speak this healing, the healing seed that by, by the stripes of Jesus, that we are healed. We want to speak this over our friends and families and, and over these that are sick this uh, part of this body here. And Lord, we speak health for these that, that are sick right now. And, and Lord, we just lift each one that was mentioned, each one that was lifted up by just raising a hand, Lord, we pray that your virtue goes to them just like the woman that touched the hem of your garment and that they receive healing in their bodies. They be strengthened in their bodies. And Lord, they be encouraged in their heart and their soul. Lord, that they they, they be strengthened in the joy and the peace and the righteousness of your kingdom. And Lord, we just thank you and praise your name for all your goodness that you're pouring out in every direction here tonight. And we glorify your name. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And uh, I don't know any of the announcements. Anybody got any of the announcements? We ain't got no PAs. List. I mean, no thing with the list on it. But uh, are y'all still having y'all Friday night thing this week? Or y'all just do that once a month? First month, first month. Once a month. First month. Okay. First month. I didn't know. Well, a preacher will be here Sunday. Yeah, so. He's talking like he's going to be here Sunday, so uh, everything should be good. We'll see him Sunday, so we're all dismissed. God bless. God bless you, Brittany. Enjoy that, man. Love you, brother. I'm going to cut that whites out over here. Hey, I want these things, too. I'm having batteries on charge. I'm sorry, I missed Friday Night Singing. I want to go home and all that. I'm tired after we week of football right Okay. I'll Okay. Okay. am I am blessed. I am I laid my head to rest.